What is happening, party people? Welcome back to another episode of the Dan Cable Presents Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Once again, if this is your first time aboard, welcome to the show. Thanks for checking it out. You can find fresh episodes coming at you every Friday. And if you want to help support the podcast in a free way, please do take the time to subscribe on iTunes and click write a review. Give the show five stars if you're feeling like it's deserving of so, and that will help propel the podcast into the tops of the iTunes charts. And uh, that's just super helpful in helping people find the podcast, strangers find it, and giving it more national visibility and more exposure for the folks that come on to the podcast. So it's just good for everybody. So if you have the extra two minutes that it takes to do it, I cannot stress the importance of it enough and uh, just appreciate the hell out of anybody that's already taken the time to do so. You can also check out the Dan Cable Presents YouTube channel which features a bunch of in-studio performances from bands and artists as well as live show performances and a short documentary that I put out earlier this year called Move Through You which is a feature on one of my favorite Portland, Oregon bands called Tribe Mars. So check all that out you can hit subscribe there as well and uh it will notify you when the when the new videos hit the stream there all right so that's all that's all that jazz uh this is primarily a uh a music podcast we're uh we're shifting gears today i've got my friend melissa Mackey on the show and uh she pretty much gave me an education in yoga and whatnot she she is a a yogi and a teacher um, of yoga, and uh, I was just, uh, I don't know, I had mentioned it to her in the past that uh, we should jump on the mic sometime, so I could, uh, I just wanted to learn a little bit more about yoga, I've always been very intrigued by it, so I thought it would be a, uh, a cool thing to have her on the podcast to, to talk about that, and we will get into that momentarily, um, I do want to mention a couple calendar dates if you are listening to this on release day, on December 14th, there is a dance party going on at the Fixin' 2 that I'm throwing. It's the uh, second night of the third annual Dan Cable Presents Holidays Party, and uh, it, there is such a killer lineup going on at the Fixin' 2 in St. John's. It's, uh, it's High Pulp coming down from Seattle. They are an amazing funk fusion band, a Debsy who is an incredible neo-soul band, and uh, Two Planets headlining the show. It's a reunion show of sorts for them. They haven't played a show in about two years, so it's going to be rad if you if you love hip-hop and, and soul music and uh, and funk and you just want to shake your ass, this is uh, the, the party to come to. So The Fixin' 2, December 14th, today, release day, if you're listening to it. Um, if you come up short and too late for that, and that is that date is passed on December fifteenth, the following night, Saturday night at the Secret Society. Got a bunch of folk rock going down. That's the third and final night of the uh, Dan Cable Presents Holidays 
festivities. So stoked to be back at the Secret Society where the the original, the first ever holidays party went on at the Secret Society. So stoked to be wrapping things up over there. We've got Those Willows, Brother Not Brother, and Cedar Teeth, all just really kick-ass folk rock, Americana, uh, psych rock type things going on with that. So that is at... The Seekers of Society, folks. So I hope to to catch some of you over there. It's going to be an awesome weekend of music. So I'm pumped to uh, close out the uh, the Dan Cable presents shows for the year in uh, in great fashion. Stoked to <coughs> stoked to have had um, have such great lineups for all three nights of this thing. We did night one a couple weeks ago at Turn 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 with Rare Monk and um small leaks sink ships and beige radio from seattle and that was uh, a killer turnout so thanks to everybody that came out to that and uh yeah man that's it also next week december 18th uh the liquor store great show small skies and uh camp crush friends of the show camp crush are uh playing over there at the liquor store which is a a great venue in town. And uh, next week I should have some more things to announce, shows and whatnot. Um, I've got uh, got some regular bookings that are going to be going on at a new venue here in Portland. So I will uh, I will get to the announcement of that um, next week and, and the weeks to follow. Got the, uh, the crazy holidays madness going on at the 9 to 5 grind. So I am... Uh, I'm just trying to hustle on and, and keep these episodes pumping out. In the meantime, I've been working on the uh, the best of 2018 episodes, so that should be coming at you uh, the week of Christmas as we head into the new year. I'm stoked to uh, put together another one of those. It was fun piecing the thing together last year, and uh, yeah, I'm in the I'm in the midst of. Uh, just picking out the moments so uh, so I can get that thing together for you. All right, so so stay tuned for all of that. Thanks for everybody that uh, continues to keep listening to this podcast and and support it. It's uh, it's incredible to see it continue to grow, not just in the the Portland area, but but outside of it as well. And um, I am uh, I'm I'm geeked. I'm stoked to get into this conversation and share this chat that I had here with my my friend Melissa. Um, I thought this was such a, a rad conversation and and like i tell her in the beginning you know it's just like i don't know it's not it's not all the time that that you uh, that you kind of have like this one-on-one time to to kind of dive into somebody's craft you know there's um melissa is somebody i've known for like five years now she's one of my my oldest portland friends and one of my closest portland friends and she's introduced me to uh some of my my other awesome friends up here so stoked to get into this thing man she's she's rad and uh i definitely feed off of her energy and it's um it's it's always awesome to be around people that uh that really get to live their passion and and someone that's really locked into something that they love to do every day and and uh yoga is her jam and it's 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 this thing that is revealed you know her own being to her and uh i think it's it's just uh it's very special when you get to get to be around people like that and it definitely 
kind of fuels my fire to uh to continue on to to do things that i dig so um just somebody that that i appreciate very much and um someone that uh seems to continue to challenge themselves to uh to get better at their uh, at what they are doing and um and so to learn from others and and then just find ways to to spread that love and and that joy of uh locking in to uh to your passion so just another conversation that uh that filled me up very much and and i'm just stoked to uh to bring you another episode episode 140 man we're getting deep into the numbers here episode 140 melissa Mackey is on the show we're talking yoga we're we're gonna talk some plastic free living we're gonna get real hippy dippy with this one all right so prepare yourself this is primarily a music podcast and because of that i am going to feature a couple tracks on this episode one at the top here one at the end the one at the end is uh this really great track by i love brandon and it's uh it features uh crayon and this is a track that's a, a one that farnell newton sent me and uh so i've been i've been vibing out on that thing so that'll play at the end and uh to kick it off we've got uh we've got leah t out of seattle um this is somebody that was introduced to me by my my cousin rob circle of friends of of musicians up there in seattle and and i had the opportunity to see her play a couple years ago when she was down here in portland playing a show and um I just really, I really dig her songwriting and, and she's just a super talented musician. She's got an amazing voice and uh, she just put out a brand new record just uh, a week or so ago and uh, it's called Feeling Things and you can find it on all the streaming services. It is available and uh, so we're going to play a track off that to get things going. I will put all of the links in the uh the episode notes so you can keep up if you want to find out like where melissa is uh is teaching yoga at um i will put her instagram handle will be on there which is a great place to follow her she usually posts where she's teaching and what times and whatnot and i'll put a link for namaste on williams which is the yoga studio that she is uh, primarily teaching at so i'll put the link for that there as well as well as uh the link for for leah t and uh i love brandon and and all that jazz you can find me on the old instagram at dan cable presents and on twitter at dan cable um the instagram is is definitely the place i'm most active though if you want to participate in the uh the facebook dumpster fire you can definitely uh like that dan cable presents page there as well i definitely uh update the at least the events there and i try to share the weekly episode and whatnot but uh that's it everybody don't forget to leave your itunes reviews can't stress the importance of itunes reviews it helps so much build sustainability into this podcast so please take a moment of your time this is a free podcast every week it's coming at you free and it's a free way to support is leave the itunes reviews all right we're getting into it this is a jam from Leah T off her Feeling Things records and um, her Feeling Things records off of her, her record called Feeling Things. And uh, this is a track called High. Let's get into it. 
darling, moving closer. Let's start taking over every sense we own. Throw away all logic. Let's not talk about it. And lose yourself in me now. Voluntary madness, feelings that I can't miss. Places I just can't ignore. Pass the bottle to me. Your touch off your sweet embrace Cause nobody else makes me weak in the way that you do I just can't explain I wanna get high you tonight Take off on a trip if that's alright Try to smoke it, roll it up and toke it Fill our lungs with clouds Clouds made out of fire, fueling our desires I hope I never come down We don't need a reason, calling late and sleeping Leaving you in every night Numbing expectations, shooting life away Touch off your sweet embrace Cause nobody else makes me weak In the way that you do I just can't explain I wanna get high you tonight Take off on a trip If that's alright Ooh, babe, let's get high
It's going to be great. They're going to make all kinds of noise, and that's fine. Yay, dog. There's nothing better than having a little little dog background going on, you know? <laughs> um, yeah, you ready, to, you ready to do this thing? Sure. Also? Um, I'm pretty stoked, to be honest, to, to, to hang and just, like, do kind of a deep dive on uh, <laughs> on how you got into the yoga world and whatnot, just because we've been friends for a while now. Yeah. Probably one of my oldest Portland friends. Yeah. Because I feel like I met you like pretty quickly after moving here um, and finding out that we grew up in towns next to each other. In the same town. Yeah, for sure. And finding out there was some, some mutual friends in there and whatnot. But in all that time, like I don't, I don't like, I know that, you know, yoga seems to kind of like consume your life these days. And, um, um, but I don't know. There's just never been like, I've never had like an extensive conversation with you about how you kind of got into it and, and how it's like transformed your life. And I feel like all the people that seem to like get into yoga really heavy kind of seem to all have like that similar experience with it. Like once they get into it, it's kind of all encompassing. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And it kind of like changes their life. So like, what was your earliest exposure to yoga? My earliest exposure. Um, Let's see. So the first yoga class I ever took, I actually hated. Um, It was at a big corporate gym. I won't name names. But um, was it was it in Portland? No, it was in Southern California. Okay, I went with my mom. How many years ago are we talking? Oh wow, Uh, twelve years ago. Okay, probably went with my mom. It was a super super chill class, and um, I just couldn't turn my mind off the whole time. I'm like, this this sucks. I'm just stretching like where's the athletic component of it, especially being an athlete growing up. Um, so my first experience wasn't that great. I, I, I didn't go back for a really long time. Yeah. Like what, uh, what sports did you play growing up? I was a swimmer okay. and water polo and soccer and all of that growing up. Just, I wasn't very good at softball. <laughs> <laughs> um, so when, like, when did you decide to, to go back to, try, to it try it again, to like see what the hype was about? So living in Long Beach, there was this really cool chick named Dharma who did free classes out on like this big grassy area um, over the ocean. And it started when she first started doing it, there was like five people and then there's 10 people and there's 20 people. And, um, there eventually started to get like a lot of people there, like hundreds of people would go. So and it was right down the street from my house. So I grabbed a yoga mat. I walked down there and it was a really hard class. My quads were screaming the whole time. And it was the first time that I was ever able to shut out the noise of just like life, you know, especially with like cars on the street, people cat calling as they walked by and stuff like that. And I was laying in Shavasana and it was sunny. It was like 75 degrees. You could hear the waves. You could hear the leaves wrestling with the wind. And I was just like hooked from then on out. Yeah. Do you feel like you were just like at a point in your life where you're like more willing to like give into that and kind of want to? 
shut out that noise opposed to that first time where you felt like you couldn't turn your mind off? Probably. Um, I think just living and working in LA and having a fairly busy social life and all of that, I needed that moment to slow down. For sure. You know, um, I think it was important for me then. Yeah. What was it about like, so like after you had that experience with it and you were kind of able to turn things off, was it something you just started doing consistently from there on out? Um, for the most part, I went to Dharma's classes on the bluffs, um, almost every day. And, um, from there I started checking out different studios and, um, different styles of yoga before then I didn't even realize there was different styles. Um, we're going to get into that. (laughs) I think that's important. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't know there was different styles, which is probably the reason I didn't like my first class because I probably just didn't like that style, that slower style. I'm, um, a fan of kind of like a faster vinyasa pace. Um, what does that mean? What does vinyasa mean? I'm going to have to ask you all of these, these terms. I'm so like dumb to this world. It's all good. I feel like I've been threatening to go to yoga forever. You should come with me. Cause I think like I would really enjoy it. And especially, um, for playing hockey, like obviously increase the flexibility and whatnot. And there's a dude on my hockey team that, that even like sees hockey as like, yoga on ice in some form just because you work out so many different muscles that you wouldn't or like you get in like a lot of different positions that like you wouldn't normally yeah like do stabilize your muscles and yeah stuff. and you're doing the whole balancing thing yeah know, on the blade yeah on the old ice yeah <laughs> um so vinyasa style is <clears throat> kind of quicker it's uh one breath one movement it's the yoga that you see when people like will flow in and out of postures and um such like that instead of longer holds there might be longer holds towards the end of a class um but for the most part it's it's a lot of movement which is probably why i was drawn to it yeah and i would just imagine it's something that's like incredibly dependent upon the per like person teaching the class and whether or not you like connect with that or not 100 percent. i think the teacher makes a lot of difference which is probably why yoga students tend to frequent the same teachers, you know, and even study under the certain ones. Yeah. And yeah, was your, like, once you started getting into it pretty heavy and and going like every day, was it just kind of the draw into like the, the physical part of of it? Or was it, was it more just what you were able to achieve like through a mental state or I think initially it was physical. And then after I started going more regularly, after I found that I was able to find kind of a stillness within my body when I was practicing or after I was practicing, then it became a mental thing for me. You know, then I was able to kind of think a little bit clearer, take that pause before reacting to things in my everyday life. So taking my yoga off of my mat um, and it allowed me to live a little bit more authentically, a little bit more true to myself, which I don't think I ever had that permission to do so before. So yoga gave me that. What do you mean by that? Uh, Can you expand upon that (laughs) at all? I think um, prior to yoga, prior to having a practice, I was um, just another person, like kind of floating along, 
living in LA, working in LA. I had my friends, you know, what, what not. Um, but there was no true Melissa. I had nothing that I, um, really stood for. I had no strong opinions of my own. I didn't really know who I was inside and allowing myself to slow down, build my energy pranically and clear the mind, um, through yoga and meditation, it allowed me to like figure that out. If that makes any no, sense. No, for sure. I mean, <laughs> I think anytime when you spend any time with that sort of intention, like you find those things, you know, mm -hmm. obviously like, like even playing hockey for me, I've found is like extremely meditative and, and has become like the thing where I can be most present at times. And I didn't, I didn't realize that as a kid like growing up mm -hmm. and I think it took stopping like to stop playing for 10 years and then go back to it to like realize how even transformative something like that can be. Yeah. It's probably cause you're an adult too, but you are in hockey. If you think about it, you're, you're in your helmet, right? So although you are communicating with your teammates, you're, you're very much on your own. You yeah. can, <laughs> you can hear your breath. You can feel the ice under your skates and um, it's very similar. You have to be present in that moment. And sometimes it gets really uncomfortable, but that's where the growth happens. And that's where that, that silence comes from. Yeah, yeah. And hockey moves so fast that like you don't have a lot of time to think, mm -hmm. except uh, playing goalie like myself. Sometimes you have like a lot of time on your own. Well, hopefully. <laughs> and I, and like, really it's like, good. yeah. But like that can be its own like separate mind fuck where you're just like standing there and you're just like, really tripping out and uh yeah i don't know it can be it'd be quite a mind game like doing that i think i've only been on ice skates like five times in my adult life um it was humbling it was very humbling to <laughs> say that it's one of the only sports where you have to learn another skill before you can actually play it which That's i true. think is very cool uh-huh yeah like you don't <laughs> yeah you got to learn how to skate before you can even play so um once you once you started getting into the yoga stuff heavy too, did it kind of open up like a bunch of different things? Like as far as, um, I don't know. Like I I just like even remember hanging out with you and you were, you had like Bhagavad Gita and shit with you. Like <laughs> did that kind of like open up all like the entire kind of like I don't know the spiritual side of of you too? You think? I think so. Like um, kind of awake something in you. I think so. I was really um, kind of closed off to religion in like my early adult years just because of experiences I had when I was younger. Um, and so I, I, I held back a little bit on the philosophy of yoga. Um, but the more I started reading the Bhagavad Gita and uh, the sutras and other yogic texts, um, it made more sense to me. And it's not not in a religious perspective, but more as like, just be a good person. Yeah. You know, cause there, there is like a lot of philosophy that goes along with it. Right. It's like yeah. not just going to like a spin class or like any other exercise type class or, or something like that. Right. Like it seems like there's so a lot. The, the asana part, the, the postures, the, 
physical practice, the asana, is um, just one of many facets of yoga, right? There's there's meditation, there's pranayama, which is um, like breath control, um, just a ton of stuff. Like there's mantra, so you can be chanting. Um, and, and asana essentially, like your practice, was created for the old school yogis, like, you know, 4,000 years ago. They created asana so that they could sit still better, right? Just so they could meditate. It was a means to an end for them. And it was just move the body, get the jitters out, and then sit down um, and, you know, go inward kind of thing. Yeah, so is that, like, stuff that you seek out pretty regularly, like these different philosophies by different yogis and and whatnot? Um, Right now, because I'm doing my advanced training, I think I'm diving a little bit deeper into that facet of yoga. I found that my meditation practice is growing, um, which is really interesting and fun to watch. I've been journaling my meditations. Um, Like, what does that look like for you? (laughs) Like when you're journaling something like that? Um, essentially it depends on what kind of meditation I'm doing. Like if it's a visualization or if it's just sitting and being quiet or, uh, a moving meditation even, um, I just kind of notice what arises, what needs to be dealt with or what needs to be left alone or doesn't serve me anymore, right? Like what emotions are cropping up in certain situations and maybe that situation is simply the act of sitting still, right? Because we don't do that. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. And I would imagine that's why when people do get into yoga, it becomes this thing that they like feel like they need to do every day to like maintain their like being and their chill and whatnot. <laughs> <laughs> Because you do, like, I don't know, not everybody does have, like, takes the time to just sit with their own thoughts every day or Now we have our cell phones upon. now. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I mean, I'm an, and I'm as bad as anybody with that, that shit. You we know? all are. Like, it's, it's like the end of the world if you leave your cell phone at home. <laughs> it, like, you have to go back and get it. There's you don't just no leave it. more, like, uncomfortable situation than that. Like, what do you do in the grocery store line when you forget your phone, when you're, like, waiting in line? Yeah, You have to, like, stand there and daydream? Like, that's weird. (laughs) Right. No, absolutely. Like, I don't know. There's there's none of that. I don't know. I'm kind of stoked that that you and I were, like, kind of on that cusp. Like, we knew what it was like to not have the cell phone all the time, you know, and just have to kind of, like meet your friends at the movies and hope that they like actually showed up (laughs) when your minutes run out. (laughs) Yeah. Or like even before that, you know, it's just like, no, we're going to meet at seven and you're going to be there. And if you're not, well, Oh, well, there's not really a way to figure out where you're at. Do you remember calling your mom on a pay phone? Being like one eight hundred collect and say your name at the beep beep. Come pick me up. I'm all finished. I'm at the movies. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Collect calls. Some people don't even know what that no, is. Kids these days don't know it at all. It's the only free way to like make a phone call to somebody. <laughs> and they had to accept the charges, though, <laughs> to do that shit. That's so funny. Um, so when do you, when does it become a thing where you're just like, oh, I, I think I would like to maybe get myself to in, involved as an instructor or a teacher For me, it was something that I had thought about um, for a while, maybe 
seven years ago or so. And it was just always kind of in the back of my brain, but it was, it was something that I didn't really have time for or I didn't want to make time for rather. Yeah. Um, and then when I, when I moved to Portland, I was practicing at a studio and it was kind of serendipitous the way it happened. Um, it, I had mentioned to somebody that I wanted to do it, but it was all booked up and someone three days before it started backed out and they called me and they were like, let's do it. So I uh, jumped in. I did like a 12 week intensive for my 200 hour, which is your initial training. Um, is that like what everybody has to like a 200 hours, like a standard to become yeah. somebody that is running a class? Correct. Yeah. Does that make you like once you've cre- completed those 200 hours, is that when you like become a yogi or like, <laughs> <laughs> do you have to be a teacher to be a yogi? No, I think anybody can be a yogi. Okay. I think dogs are yogis yeah yeah they're just so quiet and inquisitive and they they watch everything anybody can be a yogi <laughs> so it's not it's not about being a yoga instructor okay yeah right. <laughs> um so you you start knocking out these these 200 hours and uh like did it did it feel feel like that was the right thing like what are you doing it and everything it did feel right um i did my my yoga teacher training. I, when I graduated that, I quit my corporate job, um, not diving into teaching head first, but, um, it allowed me to, to kind of chase what I am passionate about. And it's allowed me to, um, you know, make a living with something that I really, really love doing. I love watching my students, um, have breakthroughs, and I love watching, um, I mean, it sounds bad, but I love watching them struggle because I know that they're getting somewhere that's going to be really, really good. Yeah. I mean, the struggle is part of the process. It obviously, like, makes you more appreciative when you have the breakthrough. Like mm-hmm. you, and, uh, no, I think, I think, uh, I think when we first started hanging out, you were, you were, like, just kind of starting to, do your like maybe do your hours yeah teaching a million classes a week yeah (laughs) no but it was cool because i was that was like right around the same time i kind of like dove in to doing all this music stuff it was getting really involved in the scene so like even though those things are like very different i felt like a similar energy of like trying to like pursue some shit that like we're actually like passionate about and also like like you were talking about that like yoga like kind of helped reveal yourself to you to you and whatnot and like i felt like i was kind of on that same track so i was like i don't know i just like very much like feed off that energy of like somebody like doing like going after something like that yeah so it's uh that's just rad to to like see that happen And, (laughs) and and just also to like see how it has progressed and obviously like you're just like teaching classes all the time now yeah um did you have were there some some teachers or instructors that you had along the way that that like inspired you to want to become an instructor i think so yeah there i mean initially it was just that woman dharma i don't even know her last name she was so great uh, and she was just that that woman that taught classes on the beach and it got huge um she inspired me big time she what was one of those people that taught this public class and her kids would be running around and she'd be like holding her child on her hip while she's teaching this class. And it was amazing. 
um, she was inspiring. I've had so many other teachers um, in the Portland area that have been inspiring in different ways. Um, and especially now, just like my really tight knit community and my students just inspired inspire me like so much yeah and what like while you were in that that stage of kind of like contemplating becoming an instructor mm -hmm. yourself was, was there like a lot of time while you were in those classes of, of just like oh man I think I I think I should do this because I think <laughs> I would have a cool approach to it or like things that you wanted to implement into the classes I, that I was don't not think happening. I had that initially but I think I have that now. It's come with time. Yeah, it's come with time. At first, you're as like a little newbie baby yoga instructor. You bumble over your words. I still bumble over my words, but you're doing a great job right now. <laughs> just to let you know, you're you're crushing it right now. Your dogs are crushing it. Look at them. They're just fucking doing their thing. At least they're like laying down. Yeah, now. they've they've <laughs> they've worn each other out now. Good. Um. Um. Yeah. But yeah, you're 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 vibe of your classes just kind of come with time then it does come with time i think finding your voice or finding your why as a yoga instructor comes with um figuring out who you're going to be as an instructor you know what do you want to do do you want to um teach people the values of yoga the non-harming and and such um or do you want to make sure that people are comfortable at all ages and at all sizes. And if they have disabilities, like it just depends on what you want to do. And I think that comes with time. I think I, I kind of fell into it after I found a rhythm in teaching. Yeah. Um, do you feel like your why is something that, that is forever like changing and, and evolving as well? So, my why when I first started teaching, and I think this is carried through, but I think my approach to it has changed. But my why has always been allowing my students to find the space <clears throat> that they can radiate their true essence, right? They can be who they really are, essentially what yoga did for me. I want that for all of my students, um, you want them to drink the Kool-Aid. I do. Yeah, absolutely. No, I get it. <laughs> I, I get it. I want everybody to love yoga as much as I do. <laughs> no, that's the, yeah, that's, that's a solid reason to, to like do something though. Like yeah. it comes from a pure place, I think in yeah. doing so. Um, so what has it been like to, is that how long have you been teaching now? I have been teaching now for about three and a half years, I think. So Almost four years. How many how many classes are you are you doing a week? Uh, right now I have three public classes a week. Um, but before, you know, when I was like hustling to get to a place that I really felt comfortable, I was on the upwards of fifteen classes a week. That's wild. Yeah, that's where burnout comes from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would imagine <laughs> with like three, you can put a little more intention into each one and really have it thought out Yeah. with that amount. That, and you have time to create workshops. Um, you have time for um, privates. You know, if I have a student that is 
wanting to work on something specific, I'm more than happy to have a private session with them. Um, where when I was teaching and running around from studio to studio, I didn't have time for that. You know, now I do, which is nice. Uh, what was it? What was it like to like, what's it been like to see your classes kind of grow in size and like see more people showing <laughs> up to this thing that you, that you do? It's rad. It's, um, it's like yoga's like catching on here or something, <laughs> you know, but, um, it's great. And I, I like having bigger classes for the energy, the energy, you can't beat that energy with just tons of people in there moving and sweating and stuff. But then those smaller classes sometimes where you really can break something down with somebody, those I think are equally awesome. Yeah. What, what would be like a large class, like number of people? Um, for me at the studio I'm at like 15 is pretty big there. Uh, we can fit more. But that's what our tens we tend to average. Okay, and and like while you are teaching this class, are you like obviously you are you are telling people to do the the poses <laughs> and whatnot? But like, are you kind of like also kind of going around the room to like help people through those mm-hmm. poses? Mm-hmm. So um, my friend Alyssa actually says it best. A yoga instructor is a, a glorified Simon Says teacher. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, so as I'm talking people through postures, I, I am continually watching the room for what they need, whether that be alignment-based or energy-based or um, whatnot. So continually watching them allows me to cue what they need Um and it also just allows me to read the energy of the room, whether that's um, if it needs to slow down, if it needs to kind of amp up or anything like that. Yeah. Was it was it tough to be kind of assertive with that stuff in the beginning and, and just kind of like going up to people and be like, you're fucking this up. <laughs> no, obviously, you don't, you don't tell them like that. But like, uh, yeah, I don't think they'd come back to my class that, if I told them. Was that, that difficult in the beginning to like gain that sort of confidence? I think in the very beginning, you're trying so hard not to forget your sequence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that you don't have the ability to really watch the room. And I think that came with time. You know, like how long is an uh, average class for you? I teach 75 minute classes. Yeah. Some are 60, some are 90, but 75 minutes is my jam. And and do you do the just like would it be considered regular yoga? What <laughs> what you do? Regular yoga? Yeah, like, I teach vinyasa yoga. Okay, yeah. so like the the uh the fast pace. The faster pace. I remember. Yes. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> vinyasa? I got it. You're going to come, right? I got I'm 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 ready. I I don't know what my uh, my holdup is, except that I do feel like like that there is obviously your dog is done with this box. This Should we box, take it away from him? I don't know. I don't, do you want to take it away from him? It's not <laughs> bothering me. It's, it's <laughs> the pup is just going in on this. Look at that. He's going to shred that cardboard box. It's going to be amazing. It's all good. It'll um, keep him entertained. I think that to me, it seems like that there's like a lot of vulnerability in showing up to something like that, yeah. especially when there's like a lot of other people around you to, yeah. and and just going into it blind, obviously. But I don't know. I, n- I know that like those uncomfortable situations is like where where the magic's at, too, I yep. think, to a certain degree, you know, yeah. obviously, and like if you can push past that and 
I don't know. I'm, I would never be worried about other people looking at you in class or watching you in class just because everybody's in their zone. Because that's your ego, bro. That is your <laughs> I ego. Know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> everybody's in their zone. They're all um, they're all in their practice and paying attention to what they're doing. Um, even though you think they're paying attention to you or you're like, you know, that person gave me a side eye or whatnot, they're they're not. Everybody's doing their things. So there's no judgment in a yoga room. Oh my. Okay, Bodhi. Take that away. <laughs> We're gonna have to take that box away, bud. You're really fucking going to town on it. You've ruined it. <laughs> it's like, no, I live in this box. I live This here. is my box now, Bodhi. Okay. Cardboard box taken away from Puppy. Boom. Um, do you teach like when people show up to your classes, is it, um, a wide range of folks that are like in there with their yoga experience? Yeah. Do beginners show up to your classes specifically? I have had beginners in my class. Yes. Um, and I try to offer, um, kind of all levels of yoga and modifications for anybody that needs them and such. Um, but we do, it's, we have beginners, we have seasoned yogis, we have yoga instructors that come to our class and, and, um, everything in between, you know, um, do you ever do like collaborations with other yoga instructors? Sometimes. Yeah. Like you're both kind of teaching the class Yeah, last year. Um, last February we had, a class with a DJ and there was four yoga <laughs> instructors in it and we each taught 15 minutes and we like switched the mic over really fast. <laughs> yeah. And you did like all the rooftop yoga over summer. We did the, I did the rooftop yoga. The um, silent disco. The silent disco was super fun. What did like the silent disco look like for like a yoga class like that? Um, it was interesting just <laughs> so you know, they have the headphones on and we're on the rooftop and it's beautiful outside sun setting. And it's so exhilarating with the headphones on because the music's pumping and they're doing yoga and they're kind of dancing a little bit too. And then if you take the headphones off for just a brief moment and you can just see everybody moving and you can, you can only hear them breathing. Like there's no music. It's, one of the coolest things I've ever done as a yoga instructor. That's rad. Yeah. That's intense. Yeah. Um, do you also like go to quite a few classes yourself? I do. I try to keep my personal practice um, happening at least four or five times a week. Is also just like help inform like what you can do in your classes as well? It does. It keeps me inspired by going to other people's classes just because um, – you know, it might be something small, something they say or an energy that they created or a weird transition that they did. And I'm like, oh, I like that, you know, and um, it might inspire an entire class of mine just by one thing they did. Um, yeah, I would imagine it's like just like any other craft in that way, you know, mm -hmm. like going to see different bands play as a musician or something, you know, like when you go see a live show, you pick up things that you yeah. dig about it or, or things that you don't like about it. Exactly. Like, oh, I don't want to do that in my class. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like that at all. There's definitely been times. And I think 
I almost that, fell off this. Yeah, are you okay? <laughs> I almost Slide made the, I, I almost made this thing a teeter totter. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I've definitely said things before or done things before in a class, and it's one of those things where nobody else notices, but I'm in my head during the class, and and you'll be like, "Well, that was weird. Why did I do that?" And then you look up, and everybody's fine. You're like, "Okay, they didn't notice." <laughs> are your uh, classes generally? silent like um as opposed to using music yeah or like obviously aside from you instructing the the poses and postures and whatnot like is it is it generally a quiet room or so i teach to music okay so i make a playlist um with spotify or whatever yeah um i don't like every other week i'll make a new playlist and it, it allows um, for some slower times in the in the beginning, in the end, almost like a bell curve kind of you know energy flow. Um, and then I do allow for um, any sort of pranayama, so any sort of breathing that they need, whether that's Did like you say a pranayama, 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 yeah, pranayama, y'all. <laughs> I'm have uh, all this. You know, if that's like a, a breath that they want to release or a sigh or whatever, like that's. It's their practice. So I let them do their thing. Yeah. Do you feel like the like the music helps create the flow as well? I do. Yeah. I think it uh, it helps the students match their movements or the the um, kind of flow of their movements with the music. Yeah. Just kind of finding a rhythm and yeah. whatnot. Yeah. So like, is that something that you're pretty conscious of when you're like choosing a playlist? Yeah, I think so. Like I think I listen like, to my oh, playlist. This would make sense at the end yeah. in Shavasana. Yeah, totally. I think the most important song for me when I do my playlist is my last song. So when they're in Shavasana, I always want like something with like a heavy beat, almost like a heartbeat. Yeah, I just want them to like chill out. Yeah, it's the the space time. <laughs> the space so is that like something like you'll? Um, you kind of like create this playlist and almost like run through your class like on your own. Mm-hmm. I'll uh, I'll make the playlist and then I'll usually listen to it like two or three times at home, either just you know doing stuff around here like dishes and stuff, and then I'll actually practice to it as well before I have it in a class. And you're uh, I would imagine you're pretty good about remembering all the sequences now. Uh, we try our best. <laughs> <laughs> But do you, do you, are there, there like those moments though, where you're just like, all right, I'm just going to have to make something up here. Like I forgot, (laughs) you know, just like improvise. (laughs) Sometimes, um, I would say that all of my classes always have a, um, like an epic asana at the end or towards the end. So something that we've been working towards the entire time. If I want to do a backbend, then I'm strengthening the hamstrings and lengthening the quads opening up across the chest that kind of stuff so even if i do forget my sequence i know what needs to happen in the body before they get to that bigger posture yeah so i can kind of allow the creativity to flow there in the class for sure just extend things a little (laughs) bit it's like the it's like the band thing you just jam it out a little bit and then you you remember what song you're gonna play next exactly It all works. Uh, what? So I know, like, right now you're kind of amidst doing more training. 
I am. I'm doing a 300 hour training. So on top of the 200, you're on doing an additional the- 300 hours. And like, what is this 300 hours? Like what happens after this? <laughs> like what is what is this 300 hours working towards? This 300 hours, um, it dives deeper than my, than my 200. If you can imagine your 200 kind of scratches the surface of everything, your 300 just dives a little bit deeper into certain facets of um, yoga in, as an entirety. Um, it will allow me to lead teacher trainings in the future, which right now, um, I'm not allowed to do. So I can do that later. Um, and it's also just one of those things that as a yoga student, not as a yoga instructor, um, there's always something that I can learn. The yoga has so much to offer people and it can offer different things at different times of your life. So I think continually learning in this practice is really important. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, like you said, not just like in the growth of your instructing, but just as you as a person and your participation in it. Mm -hmm. That's rad. Mm -hmm. Um, how many other types of yoga are there? Are there like a bunch? There's is there bunch. like some ridiculous? Because yeah. like the like what would be the main ones? Like hot yoga. Well, so there's is that there's is his own thing. There's Bikram is probably what you're that guy. That guy, yeah. yeah. There's Bikram, <laughs> which is like real hot, right? Um, there is Ashtanga. What is, what is that situation? <laughs> what is this Ashtanga? Uh, it has a very specific sequences. <laughs> okay. So you have your primary series, your secondary series. Um, there is yin, which is, um, almost like a a myofascial release yoga where you have longer holds. Um, it has a lot to do with, um, the gut and the brain talking to each other and kind of dropping into the nervous system and allowing it to repair itself. Um, so there's that, there is, that sounds like something that's like, oh, like, (laughs) some some people deeper into the game get into no it's great it's like just all the stretching nice <laughs> no, that, so that's exactly what i need to play, yeah you play would hockey. like it yeah i think you would like it a lot love a good stretch tell yeah. you what <laughs> there's um restorative yoga just like adult nap time it's wonderful what is that what is <laughs> adult nap time it's yoga postures with like all the props so you have bolsters and blocks and blankets and straps just everything to like hold you up okay and then you just like lay there and breathe and it's usually really dark in the room and it's you walk away from that class feeling so relaxed it's wonderful (laughs) and then there's like the yoga sculpt which there is, is like, yoga sculpt. I know sculpt. my aunt does that shit, and it's like that's more of like a workout, right? That one is a workout, yeah. Yeah, like is it is it just like yoga postures with exercises? It'll have they usually have cardio bursts in them. Um, some people incorporate um, bands, like the resistance bands. Some people incorporate um, body weight exercises, so mountain climbers, squats, stuff like that, and then some people even use weights in it. So like when you're seeking out classes to go to for yourself, do mm-hmm. you try to go to like a lot of different ones or do you like to go to the same sort of like 
flowing classes. I already forgot the name. Vinyasa. Vinyasa. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Right. Do you like to go to like to those yourself? I would say that 90% of the classes I go to are vinyasa. Um, I do enjoy yin um, as well. And then sometimes when I need my, when I need my ass kicked, I'll go to a sculpt class for <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, do you feel like that's just the vinyasa stuff just kind of like lends itself more to you? It's just like what you connect to with the most and you get the most out of then, like aside from teaching it? Yeah, I think so for me, it... <laughs> the dogs are playing tug of war right now. <laughs> Your living room is just full of cotton. It's a dog playground. <laughs> and ripped up toys. Yeah. Sign of a puppy. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, I think I like vinyasa the most right now because um, the connection with the breath, like really paying attention to the in-breaths and the out-breaths paired with the movements allows me to turn my mind off you know so I can gain a little bit of clarity there whereas some classes that have longer holds for me sometimes challenge me to um, keep my mind present right on <clears throat> you're just like are you also just like someone that finds yourself that you that you connect heavy with like these people that participate in in this yoga I do this yeah like, I know you like to bounce out to, like, a retreat here and there. <laughs> I do. <clears throat> yeah. Who doesn't love a retreat, though? Yeah, it's a good excuse, right, to, like, mm -hmm. go travel and, and do this type yeah. of thing. Everybody likes going down to somewhere tropical and doing yoga in the jungle for a week, yeah. eating delicious food. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, that's awesome. I just, like, much respect for, like, just anybody that's... I don't know, like you're you're seeing your classes grow and stuff like that, and you mm -hmm. like you just created all of that out of nothing, you know. <laughs> like I would I would say that the Portland yoga community is pretty amazing. Yeah, for sure. It, uh, it allows, it supports somebody when they need that growth really yeah. well. And it's wow. just also dope though, because like you, you know, you, you started doing it, got heavy into it. You're just like, no, I'm going to like take the next step mm -hmm. and trying to figure out how to get more people on board so they can feel as good <laughs> as me about all this shit. You yeah. Know? Get them to drink the Kool-Aid exactly. and whatnot. That's what I'm going to start saying. Drink the Kool-Aid. Yeah, no, no. It's it's very like, I don't know. I, I It seems like very like, I don't know. We touched a little bit of, like about all the philosophy that kind of like goes into it as well. And it is does seem to be like a very spiritual thing for people and that's mm -hmm. why they like get so much out of it and it doesn't necessarily have to be like a religious thing but like just the intention of going and and making that that space for yourself i think is obviously like beneficial to yeah. anyone yeah and yoga can be so many different things to so many different people and that's i think that's what i like about it i like everything about it but yeah, you know, yeah. i like that it can be what you need it to be Right. You know. Absolutely. Yeah. Um I know I know this uh when when did you go on this this plastic free kick? <laughs> Let's talk about this plastic free thing. Plastic I'm gonna free. give you I told you I'm gonna give you an opportunity to jump up on this soapbox. Yeah. And uh, you know, educate the people <laughs> around the world about about this uh this large piece of plastic that's in the Gulf Coast <laughs> that is the size of Texas. Very large. Very large. And it's only one of five. Now, when did, when did you get 
like passionate about the the plastic free thing because I know that that's been that's something you've like advocated for like super heavy mm-hmm. over the last year or two. Yeah. So two. Let's see. It's going to be 2019. So 2017. My New Year's resolution. The only one I've ever kept ever. Um, my New Year's resolution was to eliminate the plastic from our lives as much as possible. Right. There's obviously some that you can't get rid of the plastic on your car. Yeah. You know, um, but mostly single use plastic. So I started slowly. I started kind of room by room cleaning out the house and um, switching things that needed to be switched as they wore out. So not being wasteful in the in turn. Um, but it was important to me to cut plastic out of our lives just because one, it's polluting the oceans, right? It's like, what do they say? Five million straws a day in the U.S. alone are being thrown away, which is nuts. Um, so making those small steps for me were, was where it kind of happened. But also cutting plastic out of our lives was important because of the chemicals that are present in plastic. So um, there was a study recently done, I think, in like Sweden or something like that. And showed that 93% of humans had harmful chemicals, so PCBs and B- BPAs, in their urine, right? And those, those chemicals are endocrine-disrupting, so they mimic hormones in our bodies, um, which, to me, just that just scares me. You know? Yeah, like, what was, <clears throat> I don't know, like, what was your initial, like, why did you pick that? Like, where, was there something informing you of all that? information you're just like this is how i can make my imprint or like <laughs> change the way i do something like what was the I the motivation for choosing that that resolution that you've yeah. continued for the last couple of years actually to bring it full circle <clears throat> i think that yoga informed me to live a um a life of ahimsa which is a yoga principle of non-harming Right. And for me, every time that I used plastic or I threw away a clamshell or a straw or a coffee cup or whatnot, to me, that was just harming this earth and what we're leaving for our children and future generations. So I think that was kind of the fire under my butt is I, I, I think yoga really allowed me to make a conscious decision about how we buy our food, how we plan for our day, um, you know, even as with how we buy our, our cleaning supplies and our bathroom supplies and stuff like that yeah and that's how you facilitate a good podcast everybody you bring it full circle so (laughs) i'll do something very non-yoga and feed my ego and uh, (laughs) i'm just kidding um yeah with i I think it's also just like so hard to like break those habits too because it's just like this is how we've been raised like this is kind of the culture you know that we buy these you know, 36 packs of plastic water bottles yep. and shit like that. <laughs> and it's also just like, cause you don't think about it. It's so easy to use things like that. Um, like what were your first kind of initial steps in kind of transforming that part of your life and, and like taking the plastic out? Cause we're talking about like you jar all your own shit and like, I do. you know, like <laughs> that, that's like obviously takes work. Yeah. So, like, was that kind of your initial start of, like, just kind of walking around the house and see how you could 
take things out of the plastic casing that they were in? Somewhat. I started in the kitchen, which was probably the hardest place to start. Um, and yeah, I looked at stuff like um, pasta, you know, buying a bag of pasta or can I buy it in bulk at the bulk store? You know, which now a lot of grocery stores are have bulk sections, which is really nice. Yeah, you don't have to like go to a fancy grocery store right. necessarily for that to happen anymore. Right. So I think I took it from the kitchen first. And then um, for me, I, at that time, I was a cold brew drinker. I don't drink coffee anymore, but I used to drink coffee every day. And I think the first thing I did was get a reusable cup, get a reusable straw that kind of thing. Um, so just making note of what our habits are and maybe starting there, you know, and, and doing it as like a huge overhaul is really daunting. It probably took me a solid year and a half to get to where we are now, where we're living, I'd say a 95% plastic, single use plastic free life. Yeah. Like, but like, I don't know. How do you do something simple as like, (laughs) (laughs) how do I put my shampoo in a glass jar? Like you just have to make your own. So you can make your own. I don't. Um, there are bulk stores that do have shampoo and conditioner. Um, so you can fill up a mason jar, which is what I do. Um, you can also buy shampoo bars. So there are like literal bars, almost like bar soap that are shampoo and conditioner. Now they even make dog shampoo ones. Um, so you can go there and it just has no plastic or no packaging whatsoever. Right on. Yeah. And you feel like that's, I don't know, if you were going to like not necessarily give advice, but if like people wanted to do something like that, do you feel like a simple place to start is finding those kind of like bulk stores and like getting rid of things like that? Yeah. Bulk store, bulk stores are a good place to start. Um, Also maybe allowing yourself. So with China cutting off, um, the receiving of those plastic clamshells. Now there's nowhere to recycle them anymore. And you know what you get like your takeout boxes and stuff like that. So just planning ahead, like knowing that if you're going to go out for lunch or if you need to grab something on the way home, bring something with you or get styrofoam. I heard that's also no, not cool. (laughs) (laughs) Just replace one with the other. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, there, um, there are alternatives. You know, you can bring a, a mesh produce bag with you. You can use beeswax wraps instead of uh, saran wrap or cling wrap. You can bring a a Pyrex with you when you're going to get... I have a salad place right here down the street. Every time I go down there, I bring my Pyrex and they put my salad in there instead of a, a plastic thing. So just recognizing your habits yeah. and maybe switching those out first. Yeah, I mean, it's just as simple as even getting like a hydro flask. Yep. Which I'm happy to have mine returned. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> it's been missing. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't, I don't, it seems like just overall as a, like in America, that seems to be something that people are becoming more aware of, you know, and going places where they're not just putting a straw in the drink where you actually have to ask for one or they might not even have them anymore. Yep. Um, I think that the conversation passed the the bag, the plastic bag, and past the straw is happening, which I think is wonderful. Portland, um, last week, just passed a measure, and it's um, I think it's called the Ask First policy or something along those lines. 
And any takeout food place now will ask you before they put sauce packets and utensils, like the single-use plastic utensils, they will ask you before they put them in your bag now. Nice. Yeah. Well, I just want to let you know, when I, whenever I go to Wendy's and I get a Frosty, <laughs> like I do pretty frequently, I'll tell you what, <laughs> pretty locked up into some Frosty. They're good. It's, it's not great that there's a Wendy's by my house. <laughs> you know, it's not, it's not great. But, uh, they but always, do you dip your they fries always, in it? Yeah, of course. That's why I go. I go and I get fries. And I wasn't going to tell the listeners that. I wasn't going to let them know that part. But yes, I do. I, I do mostly get the fries too because it's... Those frosties are amazing, but anyway, because <laughs> they always try to give me like you know their little plastic spork, yeah, that is also in plastic wrapped, yeah, and I'm just like I don't need that, yeah, if I don't need that today. If you're a, a a frosties addict, you can or something similar of those sorts, you can always keep like bamboo cutlery in your glove compartment, yeah, or your center console or something like that. I mean, fortunately for me, I'm usually taking it home, and I do have, uh, believe it or not, <laughs> you, I have some silverware, which is great. Kid, I, I mean, I'm rocking the bachelor life, but I do have some silverware, <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what. <laughs> um, no, it's cool, because I, I think, uh, I mean, you're obviously advocated through like your social media and whatnot, but yeah. I don't feel like it's, uh, it's ever like a like a soapbox thing, you know, like you giving people shit necessarily. I would like to offer people our alternatives and support them in their journey to cut plastic out of their lives as opposed to like beat them down because they're using it. Yeah. I don't think that that's an effective way to do things, you know, like that so. makes you, that just turns you into like the, the <laughs> shitty person that no one wants to listen to. No. It's like, I don't know. It's like even my friends that are like vegan or plant-based, you know, like, the, the good ones are the ones that like don't say shit while you're eating a cheeseburger exactly because there's like you know it's a different path and whatnot yeah and plastic is so hard to avoid in today's day and age so i feel like the the negative talk is just too much so i just try to support people offer them uh alternatives and such and you obviously like i mean you're making like an imprint at least uh, or within your close community you know mm -hmm. i've been to your friends houses and seen their their jars in their their Yay. cabinets you know just like an entire drawer I'm like melissa would be so proud Yay, go friends <laughs> you know like <laughs> no it's so that's that's cool to see that it like it does have an impact at least on the people that you're close to mm -hmm. you know and i don't know that i was fucking around about the frosty thing <laughs> i mean not that i don't go there all the time but like you know there is just like uh like a quick moment of thought is like yeah i like really don't need to to waste this and yeah like, i'm sure that like has something to do with you know seeing seeing your you know being an advocate <laughs> for it and whatnot and that's all i can really ask for you know just think twice when yeah. you're when you're doing something or getting something like do you need do you need the the rice in the plastic bag or can you go grab a paper bag from produce and fill it up in the bulk section? Like you always have options. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, do you also, I know I talked earlier about just like you wanting to continue to like learn more about yoga and stuff, but does it seem to like just, I don't know, you, you also circled back saying that like even the plastic free living can be like attributed to the yoga stuff mm -hmm. in some way but <clears throat> like i know you you recently 
challenged yourself to like stop drinking coffee. I They're did. fucking going for it. Do you, your dogs have the most energy. They're wrestling so hard <laughs> right now. <laughs> but like you, you recently like challenged yourself to to stop drinking coffee. It was so hard. Um, is that just like another thing though? Because of like the yoga practice, you feel like you understand that it is just like a mind fuck kind of thing, and like you can just be like, I don't need this anymore. Like yep. I can get by without it like i, I know that I'm, like i have like your your mind is strong enough to to get over the initial withdrawals and whatnot cutting coffee out was really really hard um but yeah yoga motivated me to do it um mostly just because learning about how caffeine affects the brain and then how it affects my sleep as well and even stress hormone production and stuff like that um but there was a lot of yoga needed to quit coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I had to mentally prepare myself every day. Yeah, yeah. No, I feel that. It was, it was like I quit drinking coffee uh, almost two years ago, I guess now. But, oh. uh oh. Dad's home. Dad's home, which is great because we were going to wrap this shit up anyway. But <laughs> yeah, no, that was uh, that was difficult for me to do as well. Now I'm on that other caffeine tip. Are you? Yep. I'm on that tea. That oh, tea life. I dropped the tea too. What's up, buddy? I'm just doing a podcast here with your wife. And uh, I did this. I ripped up all of their toys with my mouth. <laughs> and uh, oh, great. More boxes for them to eat. <laughs> you brought more boxes. Those are for shipping Christmas presents. They're for uh, Bodhi to eat, actually. Yeah. Looks like. Yeah. But anyway. Um, Thanks for hanging. Thanks for having like, I me. I appreciate I appreciate your grind. Like, <laughs> like I said earlier, it's like it's inspiring to see it because fellow it hustler. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. good. To, you gotta have fellow hustlers. Yeah. Around. You and I are on that same wavelength. And uh, I, yeah, I just appreciate your 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 vibe and you're like you're just your your will to like challenge yourself to do shit with like the plastic free or oh. like even the coffee thing. Yeah, you know, like it's it's. I like when I like to see people doing that shit, you know, <laughs> it's because it, it, it is inspiring, you know, so awesome. Thanks, Dan. Absolutely. Uh, do you want to do you want to tell the fine people like where they can find you for like yoga? Sure. Um, shout, shout out all that. Namaste. Namaste. <laughs> yeah. Um, you can find me teaching weekly at Namaste on Williams in Portland. Um, and if you want to catch me on the socials, um, it's Instagram at the plastic free yogi. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I'll, I'll put all the links in the episode notes and whatnot. And, uh, you can go get some of that vinyasa on. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And I'll put out any other links in the notes too, like the website for namaste Williams awesome. and, and whatnot. So people can find that easily. Um, you have to say the tagline for the show, which is it's a program because that's how we properly <laughs> uh, sail these things out. So if you give us the uh, the plastic free yogi, uh, <laughs> it's a program. We can we can wrap it up. All right. Thanks for listening. Thanks for having me. It's a program. You nailed it. <laughs> Killed it. Thanks. Um, this is a music podcast, so we're gonna play it out with uh, play it out with some music. This is some shit that. Uh, Portland legend Farnell Newton turned me on to. So shout out to Farnell. This is a this is a track called Night Rider. 
by uh, I Love Brandon, and it features uh, Crayon, and and this is just a killer track. Maybe it'll end up on on one of your yoga playlists. Maybe. I feel like it, it definitely has a vibe You'll for that. You'll have to come so. to yoga and see. Uh oh, <laughs> challenge accepted. I'm going to yoga, everybody, and now it's on the record, so I have to do it. Yep. So I'm gonna get it go and get my vinyasa on. All is gonna be good, and uh, we'll catch you on the flip side. Portland almost fell off this bench again. This is the second time I've almost <laughs> injured myself during this podcast. <laughs> It's aggressive. All right, that's it.
Ben, thank you. It's a program. <laughs>